0: I got the great privilege to open the word and share with you today. I'm so excited. do not you take your Bible while you're standing? And if you're able to just remain standing for a moment. If not, it's okay. Would you turn to a, a uh, the book of oh, it's 2 Timothy. Turn to 2 Timothy. We're going to read 1 verse of scripture. And then we're going to let that verse of scripture produce a number of principles for us as we look at what Paul said to Timothy in one moment. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, Pastor Daniel asked me if I would preach uh, a series that I had done called Parents' Toolbox. A couple of weeks ago, I opened up that toolbox for week number one, because I recognize there's a lot of places, a lot of voices, a lot of opinions, a lot of teachings that seem genuine and are genuine, genuinely wrong when it comes to how to navigate family and parenting, grandparenting. We live in an unusual time where there's all different flavors of this thing called family, all different flavors. And we need help. And a lot of people are looking for different avenues to for solutions, different avenues for raising kids, continuing raising kids, raising grandkids, foster kids, raising nieces and nephews. And family and what the Bible says about family so outstanding gives us truth and principles. If you look on the Internet or talk to people at your coffee shop about their theories and philosophies about parenting, you might find some things that don't turn out like you want them to. But if you look at God's Word, and you operate by God's Word and what it says, you get what the Word says you get. And my hope is to not just equip But to encourage and to help us as a body of believers set about our family, even if it needs a little course correction, with with a vision of a legacy and a line of faith passed down to our children, grandchildren, and whatever position you might be in your family. Maybe you don't have any children yet. Maybe you long for children and you just haven't had any yet. Maybe you work with some young people on the job, and they see you as uncle, or maybe they don't have a strong family background, and they see you as mom or dad, or whatever avenue you encounter the next generation, the Word of God gives us parenting principles, stories. Today I want to share one. I want to share the next uh, piece of what I'd like to present in Parents' Toolbox called The Empowered Parent. And I hope I encourage you, and I, and I hope I give you maybe some insights and myself. So let's read this one uh, phrase, this one encouragement Paul says to Timothy, which is really about a number of things. He's opening up the book of this letter. We call it a book. It's a letter. This is the end of Paul's life. He knows... His time is ending. And so he's writing to his dear son in the faith, Timothy. And these are kind of Paul's last remarks. And in those last remarks, you find his mention of family. And you you see a number of things here. And then he has this statement that I'd like to read. And then let it speak to us and be more clear in some of the other writings in the Word. Take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. And let's look at... Uh, Verse 14 says, guard. Everybody say guard. Guard Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this this, uh, letter from Paul to Timothy. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit wants to help us guard our treasures. That have been entrusted to us. We thank you, Lord. Help us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm so glad I get to share with you today. Recently, our family took time. It was Thanksgiving, so we're all sitting around, and I had this idea. I went and got a... a, uh, one of those grocery shopping list, you know, pads. I don't know if you use these, but we have them in our house. And I decided, I'm, I'm going to ask my kids to just help me list some funny moments, funny stories we've had as a family. And it was like popcorn. It started out kind of slow, and then, then then I couldn't hardly, you know, keep up writing, because they're sharing funny stories and funny moments that they remember. And it was interesting, a couple of things were interesting about it. What the parents, what me and my wife were saying was very different than what my children were saying. And some of our stories and things we were sharing, they wanted to hear more about because it was when they were little and when they were like babies and toddlers and those ages. I have five children in my house, and so we've been through, you know, shopping for diapers five times. And... Uh, we have bought a lot of diapers. How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, just please let the diaper era end, please. Right. I know. I'm into buying shoes now because they their feet are growing so fast, I can't keep the right sizes on them. My son has now, I wear 11s. My son, who's 13, now wears 12s. And the other ones are right behind him, and it's like you can't even hand him down anymore because they just tear them apart in three days, and you gotta have another pair of shoes. Anyway, so some of the stories and things that the parent me and my wife had were very different. And I it dawned on me that once you start having kids in your house, you have new phrases that have just been birthed. And Things you never said before, you start saying now. Now that there's diapers that start leaking out the side, you have new phrases. Now that one of the, you know, you're in a hurry, and you're behind on time, and that's when one of your kids decides they're going to get sick and throw up all over the floor. You know, new things that just like you didn't imagine would be a part of having kids and family so wonderful. There's so, you know, you probably don't think they're wonderful. I do. There's a lot of joys that come with family. The ushers are passing out a little booklet. Keep it. Review it. Stick it on your fridge. Give it to somebody that needs it. Whatever. There will be a series of them. Maybe you can collect all of them. But uh, some of the joys of family, celebrations. Those of you that have multiple kids, you start realizing they're all so very different. Different personalities. You got most of your stories. This is our list that we came up with. Uh, There there are times that things just didn't go right. There's not really very many stories on here where everything was just perfect. We We all tell stories of things that went like horribly wrong and we survived anyway. That's the stories we like to tell. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what we like to tell. I noticed something interesting on Well, actually not on this list. Not that I was looking for it, and I didn't really expect to see it, but it dawned on me later in the day on Thanksgiving Day, no one told any stories about when the sinful nature dominated and created grief in our family. It's like moments we didn't want to remember. Some of the joys of family and parenting often get marred. Write it in there. In your notes. By the sinful nature. See, I have, a, uh, I have one of these phones. When I got that phone, does anybody remember the, the first time you got a cell phone? You're like talking in the car and you like call people. I'm talking to you in the car. I did that. You probably didn't do that. Or how about the first time you had a wireless phone? You remember that? guess what, I can walk around the house and talk to you. Anyway, so when I got this phone here, just like your little smartphone that you might have, it comes with a default mode. All the icons are in the exact same place as when you turned your phone on the first time. And the background picture is the same. And the ringtone is the same. Right out of the box, your phone is exactly like mine. It's called the default mode. It's preset that way. If somebody texts me, it sounds just like if somebody texts you. But we don't leave it like that. Because they make these where you can personalize them, right? You can take a picture of that food dish you're so proud of, click, and make it your wallpaper or your kids, think, or a selfie of you and your kids and your wife or husband and you make it your background picture. You can move the apps around and put them where you want them to be. You can change your ringtones and your message tones. and what, You can change just about everything on here. You can even change the color of it because you can put a different case on. Whatever. You can get apps that make your, your light go crazy when somebody texts you, right? Everybody's like, oh, make it stop. What's that called? It's called you get to personalize your phone. You and I, out of the box, come with a default mode called the sinful nature, and it's the same in all of us. It's not different. We look different on the outside, but on the inside, we're just like that phone coming out of the box. It's called the sinful nature, and that sinful nature is ugly. It doesn't uh, look very nice, especially when you take it into family couple of things about that default mode. Now I kind of described my phone a little bit and yours. Let me describe that default mode with our family with our sinful nature real quick. First of all, the default mode is it wants self to be the center. Write that in your notes. It wants self to be the center. It enjoys and relishes when it gets to be number 1. And it gets cranky and whiny and throws fits like a little baby when it gets stepped on and it's not number one. Somebody else is number one. It wants self-gratification, the pleasure of self, the fulfillment of self. It wants to be number one. It works. Write that in your notes. That default mode in you and I, It works relentlessly to get its own way. The next one is it, and you can write this on the side, it doesn't like to be corrected. In fact, it doesn't like to be embarrassed, and your sinful nature and mind doesn't like to be in a place where it looks vulnerable and or even looks like it needs to be corrected. We love to present like we've got it all together and we don't need any help. Thank you so much. Don't need any help. It's kind of the default mode. There's a few more things about that default mode, and I'm I'm presenting all these because we take this into family. It responds nasty when it gets stepped on. There's a few things about having children, like young children, for the first time. Maybe if you've encountered you, you might be able to relate to this. I was so glad to have a baby until that baby slapped me in the face. It was an accident. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just like, psh! you know, I'm all looking at it in the face, and it's waving its arms around. Psh! It didn't feel too nice. Oh, goodness. I've had moments where, and I'm sure this is not you, but I've had moments where my kids got sick and went, blah, on me. I was, I've been wrestling with my kids. I love to wrestle with my kids. I get hurt. I get, you know, knees in the face while they're rolling around. I've got one particular son that loves to jump high, put his knee down, and come down on my back. Ah! Something happens inside me that doesn't feel right. As a dad who loves his kids and, come on, hugs, everybody, I want to slap them back. I want to power drive my knee psh, in them. It's like, whoa, what is that? Why do I want to hurt? I don't want to hurt my kids. But you get that, psh, I, I, really don't, I really don't like anybody to touch my glasses. I'm believing God for healing. (laughs) But when the little ones are little, I mean, it's just like, you're going to get hit. I didn't expect that. And I sure didn't expect some of the reactions that want to come out of me when that happens. And I know you know what I'm talking about because it happens to you. Something happens inside me when somebody doesn't drive in a beautiful way that I wish they would drive. I want to flat all their tires. Driving down the road while singing worship music. I love you, look, God. Ah! I wish I had like a, you know, the Batmobile with buttons. And I could push a button and all their tires would go. Or somebody that, you know, flies in front of your house going 90. You're just like. You want a policeman to come right behind him and you go, yeah, right? What is that? It's the default mode. The tragedy is we take that sense into parenting and it comes out of us when we're parenting. That's a real tragedy because apples don't fall far from the tree. And what we are and who we are gets replicated. I was, uh, we were having Thanksgiving dinner, and I was listening to my children tell these stories that we are going over. One one of my children in particular, I was kind of like, I was less interested in their story, and I was listening to their delivery of the story. And the way they highlighted specific things at specific moments, and it sounded just like my mom. And I was like, this is sounds like my mom. They don't know that. Nobody else at the table knew that. My mom lives in the lower 48. They don't get to see her very much. They don't get to talk with her on the phone very much. But somehow, his stories, and every time he told one, I was like, he sounds like my mom. Do you know why he sounds like my mom? Because I sound like my mom. (laughs) Doink, doink keeps going down. If we operate and let the sinful nature be our parenting rule of conduct, doink, doink, it can get really ugly. And guess where the sinful nature is the ugliest? In family. It's the ugliest in family. It's where it shows up the worst. I said pick up your socks. I keep having to repeat myself. I'm tired of repeating myself. You're laughing because I know it's you. (laughs) This week, we had a point of contention at my house erupt between two of my sons because there appeared on the driveway a pair of underwear. (laughs) And nobody wanted to touch it. And there it is. And it's obvious it's not Emma's. It's one of the boys. Well, Easton has grown six feet since last night, so it's not going to be his. It's one of the two younger boys, and neither one of them will own up to it. Oh, those aren't mine. I don't wear those. Those are yours. No, oh, those are yours. So it just keeps going. Rah! Gets ugly. Rah! Now they're angry at each other over a pair of underwear. They are literally 20, 25 steps from the laundry room where they could just go boink, boink, They would get washed and reappear, and they would wear them. There would be no contention. But the fact that they're on the ground has created World War III between two of my sons. The underwear has touched the ground outside of the house. So now nobody wants to touch it. Bombs are going off. Finally, I was just like, I'm tired of this. You, pick those up, take them to the laundry room. He actually looked, his his appearance looked like he lost a battle. What is that? The sinful nature doesn't like for someone else to have their way. You feel like you lost, right? Whether it's in your marriage or a disagreement over whatever it might be. The the effects of that sinful nature can ruin the joys of family. You know, if you look up different parenting models, what you'll find is, you'll find parenting models that deal with the symptoms of the sinful nature, but they don't deal with the root of the sinful nature. They don't provide a different way of living. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up, and he presents a different way to live. And I'm so thankful because me, for my family, I can live in such a way that the ugliness doesn't get passed down to generations. So can you. It's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is fully invested in your family. In fact, he's invested to the point that you'll let him be. You and I are the regulators of the Holy Spirit's involvement with us as a parent, grandparent, auntie, uncle, whatever it might be, spiritual father or son. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in your household. And so Jesus shows up and he teaches a few things about the Holy Spirit and then Paul One of his great themes in all of his letters in the Bible is the work of the Holy Ghost in our life. So let's look at that. What's the alternative to parenting by the sinful nature, which is a tragedy? It's parenting by the Spirit. Can that be done? Yes. See, the Holy Ghost is not just, you know, for the times we gather together to to have a time of prayer for one another. It's for our daily lives. See, Jesus is on the earth. Let's rewind. Jesus is on the earth, and he's teaching his disciples that he's going to have to go away. He's going to go prepare a place for them, and they're all upset because, you know, well, Jesus, really, please don't go away because, you know what, life's really good when you're around. You can zap trees by talking to them. You can walk on water. You can raise people up from the dead. You can heal sick people. I prefer to have Jesus standing around, and I'll stand in his shadow. And whoo! You can imagine the disciples probably really disappointed to hear Jesus say, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here. Enjoy it while I'm here. They were probably uh, nervous. What are we going to do when he's not here? So then he comforts them by saying, it's it's good for you that I'm going away. See, if I go away, then I can send, the Father can send, the counselor to take my place. And there we have the role of the Holy Ghost. The role of the Holy Ghost, as we're going to look at, is to change default mode in our life. And to personalize it according to the Father. To make us resemble the way the Father. Father wants us to be, to change our responses and to change our, our, our the inside, all those natural things that are a part of normal life, we've got to deal with those things, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help us to not parent by the sinful nature. So take your notes, and what would it mean, what does life by the Spirit mean? And we're going to look at a few passages, and you can take this and look it up, pray over it. Pray about it in your life too. We're not going to read all of them together, but I've got it in your notes there. And well, there's a whole list of this word spirit, and then there's another word in some scriptures. Would you turn to, uh, while you got your notes there, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and they're going to, Jeff, if you could bring that up, that'd be so great. Thanks for helping me back there. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 2 if you can find that one. There it is. And we're going to read a few verses. It's not just verse 10. I like to read it out of my Bible because my mind takes a picture of it, and I can remember where it's at. It says, God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That's amazing. This is way different than we think. This is how the Spirit thinks, and the Spirit wants to impact our thinking, particularly in the realm of family. Wants to impact our thinking. For who among, verse 11, men know the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. A few more things about it. Jump down to verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What a wonderful thing. God wants to help us in our thinking. Clear thoughts not confusing thoughts, not chaos thoughts, but clear thoughts. There's such a battleground that goes on in our thinking, in our thinking. Sometimes we can even look at family members who we love or even the one the one that we've promised our whole life to, our spouse, and yet we get these weird thoughts sometimes. Maybe suspicions or maybe accusations. Or maybe whatever it might be that just seems to be confusing to us. God wants to help us in our thinking. We have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit, the prayer looks like this. Holy Spirit, touch my mind. Renew my mind. Reveal to me the deep things of God. Help me to see truth. We need that as a family. Especially if you lead your family, you need to have right thinking. Spirit, The next one, B, Spirit, help. So Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, it's good for you if I go away, because then the counselor's going to come, and let me tell you what he's going to help you. He's going to help. He's going to remind you of the things I've said. He's going to teach you all truth. He's going to guide you into all truth. Sounds like a wonderful thing as a mom and a dad who don't have all the answers, but you have to come up with solutions. Poof, i got to come up with a solution. Okay, what are we going to do? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit helps us. We need help in family. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Jesus is telling them. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The next one, you can write this in your notes. Spirit exchange. What is that about? Oh, this is so great. So in the book of Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes to the the church in Galatia and he tells them the acts of the sinful nature. Let's just look it up together. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and I'm going to start reading at verse 16. Oh, this is so great, especially if you look at it in the light of being a mom or a dad or a grandma and grandpa. Verse 16, 5.16 says, So I say, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. I know that's not you, but that's definitely me. Okay, and then Paul describes, well, what does that sinful nature look like? And he says, it's obvious. We know what the sinful nature is. And he lists a whole bunch of things in there. You're probably familiar with them because they show up. They try to dominate our life. But then Paul writes in there the old Sunday school list of the fruit of the Spirit. That is evidence. See, the Holy Ghost wants to trade you. Wants to have an exchange with you. Those things that your sinful nature, the desires of those things. He wants to trade you and I. For a better way. There's a spirit exchange. Love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Any of those sound like you need them in your family? Patience. Lord, help us long-suffering. Yeah, we need those things happening in our family. Guess where they come from? A life of the spirit. They don't come from reading more books or Googling the right thing. They come from the spirit. The Spirit wants to help you look like the fruit. Fruit shows what's inside, right? The Holy Ghost wants your parenting to be identified by these same fruit that show up. A life dedicated by the Spirit. Let's take a look at the next one. So there's an exchange that wants to happen. The next one is uh, not in your notes, but you can write it in. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. And... Uh, I was up late last night, and uh, I had everything already prepared, but I don't know, the Lord just kept giving me a few little thoughts in here, and so what I wanted to give you is Romans 8, 6. It says, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Peace. Okay, your home should be the most peaceful place in all of Alaska. Because the presence of the Lord is there. If you have to leave your home to find a peaceful place, you might want to ask yourself, where's the presence of God? So the mind controlled by the Spirit, your home follows you. You're the leader of your home, and maybe you're the grandparent, and they come to your house, and your family comes over, whatever that looks like. There's different, different pictures of family. But your home should be filled with peace because you're a person of peace. Your mind thinks peace. I'm not talking about weird eastern meditation, eastern mysticism and sitting around and, you know, trying to get the force to come help you and hey everybody concentrate on the light side. We don't want the dark side in our house. And I'm not talking about weird eastern mysticism peace. I'm talking about confidence in the living God. I'm talking about having the Spirit of God in your home. Talking about the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost in your home. That what we do here goes home and it affects home. And you build your home around whatever would allow the Holy Ghost freedom in your home. That's what you build around. Particularly the mind controlled by the Spirit. Life and peace. The next one I want to share is... It's not in your notes, I don't think. I think I threw it in last minute. It's uh, spirit discernment. spirit discernment. Have you ever had to decide between your kids the outcome? You weren't there. They're both standing in front of you, pointing their finger and you have to ask what happened? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we just want to say, I don't want to hear it. Go away. You guys fix it. (laughs) There are three. Their fix it is going to be scratching and clawing and lots of blood and Band-Aids. We need discernment. There's a role of the Holy Ghost in discernment. Not just what is right and wrong, but helping decide what is just. Sometimes we have to just choose what is just. Sometimes we have to pray in the Holy Ghost and make a choice and hope it turns out right, right? (laughs) Parenting can get like that sometimes. Family can get like that sometimes. John, in the book of John, Jesus is teaching his disciples what the Holy Ghost is going to help them do. And one of the things is to provide conviction. This is in John 16, verse 8. You can read that whole section there, and I mentioned it earlier. But one of the roles is to bring conviction in with with regard to what is righteous and what is unrighteous. See, the Holy Spirit helps us draw a line between what is righteous and godly, holy, and what is not. It's one of His roles. That portion of the Holy Ghost is so critical in building your home around the Holy Ghost. Sometimes the Holy Ghost, in helping us build a a foundation, or an atmosphere will often drop something in our life, in your heart, or your mind to do in your house and to stop doing in your house. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. We need the, we need the empowering of the Holy Ghost in family. Amen? Amen? Uh, so write this down. Letter, whatever it is. Spirit, perspective. This is the one found in Romans 8. And so in your notes, it's going to be letter uh, number 4. So Romans 8 and Galatians 5. We looked at a little bit of that. You can read those on your own. And I'm recommending as a family person and as a dad, those passages should be memorized. Quote them on the way to as you commute to work, quote them and you get home from work. Romans 8 Galatians 5. Because there's a perspective there of the big picture about what's happening in my children and what's happening in my life and gives us perspective as to how to help our kids. One of the great privileges we have is to to step on our kids' sinful nature. They're not going to step on it themselves. They need help. They can't see the grand picture. God gives us a presentation in those two chapters that there's a war going on inside us between the sinful nature and the Holy Ghost. There's a war between default mode and the Holy Spirit trying to rearrange default mode. See, your sinful nature, mine, it doesn't want to get out of default mode. It has to be forced out of default mode. You and I have to force that to happen, allowing the Holy Ghost liberty. Your kids don't know how to do that. They need your help to do that. The next time I get to preach, whenever that might be, I will be preaching on Parents Toolbox, and it won't be live streamed, and we won't be recording it, because I'm going to share on the role of creating a pattern of discipline, and in the world we live in, there's There's people that are on the hunt for somebody that does it God's way about what the Bible says in the realm of discipline. So I won't be broadcasting it online and we won't be recording it. You're going to want to be there because I'm going to help you step on that sinful nature in your kid's life. I'm going to help you with what the Bible says, not with what worldly wisdom says that you can use your adult. Logic to talk to your two-year-old and they're going to understand you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with a pattern of discipline. Pattern. It works. It's not what I'm preaching today. But your children need help stepping on that sinful nature. They don't know how to do it. They, don't, they only know how to respond to it. That's why... God gives us parents, especially of little ages, perspective. There's a war going on between the spirit and the natural person. The next one is spirit direction. You ever just like driving down the road and just like, Jesus, would you just come sit in the car and tell me what to do? I need help, especially when it comes to family. Maybe you're in the process of trying to recourse correct some decisions that were made previously in your family before you came to know the Lord or some things you wish you'd have done differently. And you're just like, Jesus, would you just come fix this? Would you would you help me know what to do? Yeah, he will. It's called the Holy Ghost. So in the Old Testament, I, I wrote down here a couple of uh, passages there. The first one is Isaiah eleven two. Oh, excuse me. We're in the book of Acts. Sorry, so sorry. So, spirit direction. The whole book of Acts is about the Holy Ghost telling them what to do. Uh, would you bring up Acts fifteen twenty eight? Look at this one particular passage. So, Acts fifteen twenty eight. You can look it up in your Bible if you want. Highlight it. It seemed good to the. Say it again. It seemed good to the. Wait a minute, wait a The Holy Spirit's choosing. The Holy Spirit is choosing. You read through the the book of Acts, you find that there were moments that the, the disciples who are now become the apostles, they just stopped and waited on the Holy Ghost to respond. And then you see something like this. This is how they operated. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Sometimes we get that flipped around and just it seemed good to us. We don't wait on the Holy Spirit or we don't give room for Him. Look at that. This You find this throughout the book of Acts. It was how they operated. We need to operate like that in our family. Holy Spirit, come speak to me. I'm just going to wait on you. You're going to help me make the right choice. You're going to give me steps to do this, strategic steps. Holy Spirit. Look at the next one. Spirit insight. Oh, this is great. So in Isaiah... It's a prophecy about Jesus, Isaiah 11, 2, and it says the root of Jesse, and it says uh, that the Lord will bestow upon him something that's so necessary in our life. It's called the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then the next one is in Exodus, it's before Jesus still, we're in the Old Testament, that that God raises up to build the, the tabernacle for Moses. Moses, the great leader, is not the one putting the tabernacle tabernacle together instead God raises somebody else up who operates by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and in all these skills that's listed but it points out this spirit of wisdom and revelation these two guys so then you find in Ephesians chapter 1 17 and uh, once you turn there in your Bible you can pray this for yourself over your family Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking, somebody say, keep asking. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Thank you, Lord. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. What does revelation means? It means he's going to tell you things you didn't know. Reveal revelation. I have multiple kids in my house. I can't keep all the cats wrangled at once. Sometimes they're just everywhere. Lord, and my desire is to protect them and put shields about them and, and to make sure the devil doesn't get a foothold in their life. And I just can't inspect every moment. Lord, give me revelation. What do I need to do today? Speak to me about my children. Help me. What's going on in their mind, in their heart? What is that expression I just saw in their eyes that I've never seen before? Revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need it as family and parents. The next one is spiritual gifts. Spirit gifts. This is a list of gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Listen, the the gift, the word of wisdom, word of prophecy, word of knowledge, working of miracles, and great faith. That's not just for conferences once a year. It's not just for Sunday morning when Pastor Daniel's preaching. Lord, use Pastor Daniel. It's for you and I, and it's for our family. Prophesy over your kids. Read a particular scripture over their life. Walk into their room while they're sleeping and prophesy over them. When they get up in the morning, give, believe God, Holy Spirit, help me to encourage my kids today. Help me to encourage my spouse or my grandkids or whatever your picture looks like of family. Those giftings are for us to use. Again, we're the regulator of what the Holy Spirit can do in our family. The Holy Spirit is not, if if you'll allow me to use this picture, you go to a restaurant and you order something to eat that sounds delicious to you, which we're about to go do, maybe. Maybe you're about to go do that. Lord, help me. Lord, help Pastor Kirsten hurry up because I want my food. You order it and they bring it to you and it's done. It's one and done. There it is. And you eat it up. And it's gone. That's not how the Holy Spirit is in our life. It's not a one thing that you hold in your life. Okay, I've got the Holy Spirit. Now what? It's not like that. It's dynamic. It's not a one meal. It's a buffet. So you can keep taking your plate right back up there and throwing on some more of those hot buttered rolls. Woo! Woo! Apple pie. I can have 15 slices of apple pie if I want 15 slices. I don't think like that anymore. I stopped yesterday. <laughs> but is, is the buffet line putting the food on your plate? No. You have to get up and go there and engage in the buffet line. And even the people that are standing back there cutting up the crab legs and stuff, they, they don't want to give you very much. Right? You ever been to one of those places? It's like, oh, you can eat crab legs? And they give you one little claw, and you're like, I, I need a bucket, please. You walk up there with three plates. These are for my kids. <laughs> or they're like, they're doing like prime rib or something at a, at a buffet, and they give you one little slice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're so angry. Really? how we operate in the spirit comes from our relationship with the spirit Amen. if you don't know what i'm talking about if everything i've said is foreign to you your relationship with the spirit is very small and shallow and it's not very deep it's based on whatever pastor daniel has set up here and then you leave and go home and do something else but that's not what the spirit wants it's based it's relational that relationship happens only through prayer. That's the mechanism God put in place for you to grow in the Spirit, is to, is to begin to learn to hear Him, begin to sense His promptings, and then begin to operate on what you believe He's saying to you. That dynamic is so powerful as a parent. It's so necessary. Do you ever use your, your like a Siri thing on your phone? I need directions to Walmart. Getting directions to Walmart. It's the relationship with the Holy Ghost. I need wisdom. I need revelation. I need help. I haven't slept in three days. And I get home. I've worked 15 hours today. I get home and I'm a piece of fresh meat for all the hyenas to come eat. Yeah, that's me. I sit down on the couch. This is my lovely daughter right here. She knows. I sit down on the couch in the evening. I got one, mo- you know, I got my arms around as many kids as I can. I've got them cuddled around me or whatever. All right, guys. <laughs> hey, what? What was that? <laughs> oh, I hit my tooth on that microphone. <laughs> Did you hear that? That hurt. I, I know you, you know what I'm talking about, too. Those of you that work long hours and you get home and your kids are so excited you're there. Lord, help. <laughs> we need help. So all these things are the dynamic of the Spirit working in our life, and they work in family. In fact, we need them in family because our de- default mode is a bad choice to lead family and make decisions as family. It can get really ugly. So be an empowered parent. First of all, you need to be filled with the Spirit. It's not something that I have a big tub up here and I dump it over you. It's a gift from Jesus. He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. You seek Jesus. You seek Jesus. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Spirit. It's a normal part of our prayer life here is being filled with the Spirit. Parenting by the Spirit requires a Spirit-filled parent. Duh. Make a commitment to grow in the Spirit. It's a growing thing. I said that, Minister Micah, could you come on up? It's a growing thing. Again, it's not a set standard plate. It grows. The plate gets bigger. And the plate gets bigger. And the longer you operate and start getting to know the Spirit, the bigger the plate gets to hold all that you want from the buffet line. Be a person of prayer. Write that in there. Again, I just shared it. Prayer is the mechanism that God has put into place. To know Him and to know the Spirit and to grow in Him. If you're not uh, you know, making daily time to pray, you're limiting what the Spirit of God can do in your family. Doesn't have to be here at 6 o'clock in the morning when I walk in the door tomorrow. You don't have to be right here to pray. But you need to have some sort of daily pattern by which the Holy Ghost can drop things in you. Where you're opening up your heart and your, your mind to say, Lord, would you speak to me? I need your help. Develop a pattern of prayer that that way you don't forget things because man there's so many things we could pray for i get overwhelmed sometimes so i i pray by a pattern pray in the spirit the word makes it clear that when we pray in the holy ghost we're speaking a language that god understands we don't have to understand it it's not a requirement to pray in the holy ghost that you understand what you're saying but sometimes it keeps us from praying in the Holy Ghost because we don't understand what we're saying. But that's just it. It's a faith thing, right? God understands what you're saying. The Bible makes it clear that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying the perfect will of God. So if you don't know what to pray over your children, or you don't know how to pray over your finance or your job or whatever, and you're just like, Lord, I don't even know how to pray. Maybe you don't even know how to pray what is best. Everything we call best is based on us and our perspectives and our thinking and our experiences and our desires. What is best? But there is such a thing called best that God calls best. Praying in the Spirit. You don't know how to pray? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 6. And pray in the Spirit on all counts. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, pray in the Spirit over your children. Walk in their room at night and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the next thing is create an atmosphere. So, creating an atmosphere is so critical in, in a spirit filled family. Spirit filled and, and spirit parenting doesn't, it's beyond just going to church on Sunday. It's home. It's the Spirit of God affecting you, and you affect home. You build that atmosphere. The Holy Ghost thrives in your walk of holiness. It's the limiter. Imagine a water hose, and there's a certain amount of water coming out, and and you need a lot more, so you need a bigger hose. So if you have a little bit of the Holy Ghost... The way to get a bigger hose is your walk of righteousness and holiness. So then the last thing is be be prayed for. Our time is almost up, and I'm going to pray for you. When I was younger, I'm really not that old. I had a birthday a few weeks ago, 43. I got five kids. They are my treasures. When I started recognizing that I was going to have more than one kid, I started looking around. We lived in Maui at the time, and uh, my children are all born there. I started looking at families in the church and identifying, okay, I need what they've got. This is true, and I need what they got. And there was one more. Yeah, it was them. I need what they got. I would, as the dad, I don't even know if my wife knows this, I would go talk to those parents. And I would ask a few questions, and then i say, okay, pray for me. You, you got more kids than me. Your kids are respectful. Your kids are at church all the time. I don't even see them fighting each other. What Can you just pray for me? Because I need that. I don't even know how to describe it. I just need it. Pray for me. It wasn't once or twice. See, there's a real thing called impartation of the Spirit. The book of Moses. Uh, the book of Moses. Is that in your Bible? In the Old Testament... Is that in yours? It's not in mine. In the Old Testament, uh, the Lord gives instructions to Moses to lay his hands on the 70. And the Bible says the spirit that's on you will go on them. See, there's people that are really good at business, and they can help you and pray for you to get good at business. And you'll start operating like they do. There's people that are really good at preaching and... and and studying God's Word and if you spend time with them and have them pray for you and ask them questions, you'll start to be just like them. There's people that are really good at family and they'll help you and pray for you and you'll start operating like some of those things that you see. It's real. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for every time I humbled myself and I walked up to this one particular dad on Maui. I said, my kids, this is just recently. We were in Maui to do a wedding in June, and I walked up. My kids are teenagers, and I'm getting more teenagers. You've already gone through that. Pray for me. I need whatever it is you did. I need that. It's a real thing. Be prayed for. Have somebody pray for you for wisdom and revelation. Would you stand with me this morning? The Holy Ghost is invested in our family. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. As a grandpa, a grandma, great-grandma, whatever the dynamic is. Maybe you only get to see your grandchildren once a month. Whatever the, it is. In those moments, those little moments. What is coming out of you to them? It needs to be the Holy Ghost. Can give you strategies. While you're standing, I'll just share one little thing with you. This is my beautiful daughter. And years before, this is very personal for her, years before there was a changing happening in her body, the Holy Ghost said, this is what's going to happen, and this is what you're going to do. It was probably four years before it happened. So the Holy Ghost gave me instructions. I want you to go get all these young ladies that your daughter looks up to you, and I want you to have them. You're going to buy them a card. And you're going to have them write, Congratulations, welcome to young womanhood on that card. And you're going to seal it all up and and put it away until the day comes. This was four years before this started happening in my daughter's life. It's kind of a personal thing. I'm a family guy. I wish you could have seen my daughter's face when she opened up dozens of cards of young ladies that were celebrating with her. The Holy Ghost can help you. The Holy Ghost can help you course correct. it's not too late. The Holy Ghost come on would you lift your hands let me pray for you. Father I thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost in our family I don't have all the answers. sometimes I can't see very far the whole day is just like that's all I can get through. But God, you can give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You can give me insight. You can help me discern right and wrong. Holy Spirit, there's so many parents and grandparents and family members represented here today. I'm so glad, thank you, Lord, that on a Sunday morning when there's the most kids here, the most families that come, I get to share on the power of an empowered parent. Lord, would you empower us? Right now, oh God, I pray for an impartation of the Holy Ghost in raising children, in mentoring grandchildren, in presenting to nephews and nieces moments, those brief moments where something will stick in their mind for a lifetime. God, would you help us? Would you help us to be sensitive to your voice? Lord, I pray, oh God, for all those that are looking to. Ch- to course correct some things in their family. They feel like it's too late. But God, you have all power and authority. You can release strategic steps of faith that would right the ship and make things turn around. You can begin working. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you hear me when I pray for my family. And you hear every prayer that comes from these family members for their children and their grandchildren. And you respond. I thank you, God, that at the hand of the creator can be released to work in my children by me lifting my voice and asking you. Oh, God, make us a people of prayer. I pray, oh, God, that you would help us to build a legacy based on the parenting by the Spirit and not by the sinful nature. Help us, God, to put to death that sense of of arrogance and pride and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh that wants to dominate our children and our grandchildren and down the road put them into counseling and times where they wish their grandma and grandpa would have not done that. Help us, oh God, to have eyesight. Oh Lord, would you do a powerful work in our life. I thank you for the anointing right now. God, would you give us an anointing as a parent grandparent whatever it might be help us oh God while we're in this time of prayer maybe you've never received Jesus in your life we don't have a time of gathering where we don't allow people to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior it's the beginning of of a family dynamic based on the Spirit because Jesus is the baptizer and if you don't know Jesus you're not going to be baptized in the Spirit and operate by the Spirit it's the starting point maybe you're watching online maybe it's a later day, whatever you need to receive Jesus, I'm going to help you today I'm going to help you pray a prayer where you can receive Jesus in your life maybe as a reaffirmation, maybe it is a fresh surrender to Him today maybe the first time maybe you don't remember if you gave your life to Jesus and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, this is for you, we're going to take time as a a a, a gathered group this morning to acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior and proclaim our faith in Him, surrendering our life to Him. So would you pray with me this morning, those of you that are watching online, just for a moment, stop what you're doing. The Lord is speaking to you. I can sense the Holy Ghost working. Some households just totally changed. It just just seems to me in in my mind right now That some things in homes just did that right there. The Holy Ghost at work. There's going to be healing in relationships. You may need to repent. I'm the leader of repentance in my home. Praise the Lord. He's working. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment so that no one else bothers you? Would you pray this right out loud? Say, Heavenly Father, I surrender my life afresh to you I believe in my heart. You died on the cross. You paid my price of sin. You rose from the dead. You made heaven my home. Would you help me today? Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you touch my family? I choose today to operate in the Spirit. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me, in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you again. Lord, I pray for every person that received you for the first time, new thoughts, thoughts from the throne room, the Spirit of God speaking to them. I thank you, Lord, for this moment, this this extended moment. declaring spirit-filled families. Lord, would you help all of us? Jesus' name. Pastor Vince, would you come release us? Pray a prayer blessing over us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless your people today, God. That you would cause your light to shine on them, Lord. Lift up their countenance above them and give them peace. Hallelujah, Father. I pray your traveling mercies that everyone will arrive safely to their destination. And you'll come. they'll come back, Lord, refreshed and renewed. Hallelujah. Full of your Holy Ghost. Full of your might. Full of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. We'll see you tonight and Wednesday during our midweek service.